minutes on the board for the half. Both teams on the field warming up. Centennial's marching band, a great job at halftime. They're playing now down on the track to our left in front of the student section, keeping everyone fired up and ready to go. A lot of energy here at Tommy Stewart Field. It was a late arriving crowd, chilly Friday night. A bit of weather in the area that hasn't been a problem, although Colin, you mentioned right before we hop back on the air, the Kona ice truck is still down there right by the student section. A little chilly, I think, for a snow cone. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Maybe you just go all in and embrace the conditions. 90 oh. seconds left here in the half. Still scoreless, and uh, I think that's probably what both teams have to do, right? Embrace the conditions and go out and, and just seize the seize the moment. Yeah, absolutely. That's all you can do. It's whoever's going to be tougher and whoever's going to mentally block out not only the other team playing hard against you, but also the, the uncontrollable weather conditions and uncontrollable field conditions and officiating. Uh, whoever does that better wins this game. And, you know, there are plenty of uh, plenty of non-football teams that, that braved this weather today too, such as the uh, Champaign Edison softball program. Who congratulations to them? They won a Class 3A state quarterfinal game this afternoon, 10 to 5 over Edwards Edwardsville Lincoln, and they will play in a semifinal tomorrow at Normal against Chatham. So congratulations to the Edison softball program, first Unit 4 softball team to ever make the IESA state tournament, uh, maybe IHSA state tournaments store. Edison yeah. feeds more into Central than Centennial, correct? Or does it go to both? I'm not... I always struggle with this because <laughs> I'm, not even gonna, I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> but I went, I went to Urbana where it's yeah. just yeah, Urbana Middle School, Urbana High School, straight shot. Yeah, I'm not, even, I'm not even going to get into it, but <laughs> the Centennial and Central softball programs, we'll say, can benefit from Champagne Edison's success. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. And when, you know, you, you love to see uh, any program doing well in Champagne. Centennial, a chance to do well in the second half. Still scoreless against Danville. We're ready to go for half number two. 12 minutes on the board. The Chargers, all blue uniforms with powder blue shoulder stripes and powder blue numbers. All white uniforms for Danville. Maroon stripes on the pants and maroon numbers on the jerseys. Pretty simple looks for both teams. Vikings will kick it right to left to start the second half. Back deep to return. Joel Myrick for the Chargers. It goes short of Myrick. Well short of Myrick. It's fielded to the 23 and wrapped up and brought down Caceres right about where he started. Maybe they'll give him the 24. And that's where the Chargers offense will start. Clock stops at 11.51 third quarter. Ready to begin in earnest. And the Chargers will need to drive 74 yards. He'll give him the 26. 74 yards indeed. And of course, if you're just joining us, scoreless game. Neither side has been able to drive overly well so far. We'll see if the Chargers have made those halftime adjustments that Kyle Jackson and, co and company have been so used to making this year. Three wide receivers. No, call that two wide receivers out to the left. Shotgun look for quarterback Kellen Davis. Brandon Harvey, the running back, lined up to his left, and Harvey carries the handoff to the right side, and he's brought down at the 25 hash mark. Chargers again driving left to right as we look at it. Home side of the field, we're in the press box. I'm on the 44-yard line, Colin to my left on the 40, call that the 42, I would say, ish. You know what, Centennial did so well on their second to last drive, their last full drive of that first half, 
they started to sprinkle in some some passing. They started to let Kellen Davis try to connect with mainly Donovan Chambers, but with his receivers, and that moved the ball down the field. I don't see any reason to go away from that starting the second half. They go four wide here, quarterback draw. Davis faked a pass to the left, carries it up the middle. Both teams pile in at the 29-yard line. Forward progress stop. Davis stays on his feet, advances it to the 30. Third down and seven coming up as the clock runs under 11 minutes in a scoreless third quarter. How many times tonight have we seen somebody at the center of just a pile of bodies because they refuse to go down? I mean, uh, these kids clearly want to keep moving so they can get over the fact that it's a little chilly out here. <laughs> so they're, they're refusing to fall down to the ground. It's got to be warmer in a pile than it is just standing by yeah. yourself. A lot of players going with the short sleeves tonight in spite of the chilly conditions. Tight formation here for Centennial. Harvey gets the handoff, carries it left. Nothing going, so he cuts it up the middle. Closer to the left side of the field than the right, but by and large towards the centers where he's brought down. Gains two. And a punting situation, Harvey back on to punt. And if Centennial was a little further up the field, I would honestly wonder if the Chargers might sneak in a little trickery here but I don't think you can do it from this far down in the field, even though Danville's offense has struggled when getting in the red zone. That's just too risky, but uh, disappointing first drive there for the Chargers to start the second half, especially considering how well they moved the ball, as I said, in that last drive of the first half. Chargers line, though, spread well out, obviously keeping the fake potential on. Harvey boots this one away. It's fielded at the 31-yard line, right side of the field. The numbers at the 33 return man brought down, and that was, as it has been so many times tonight, Antoine Lee, a senior who plays running, or a rather wide receiver and cornerback, mostly. Gained a couple there on the return, and he'll start at the 34. Will his Vikings, needing to drive, help me out 66 yards, that would be. <laughs> you did that a lot faster than I probably would have. I hope I was right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you are. 34-yard line, right to left go the Vikings. Four wide receivers and a halfback. Bryson Perez Hinton fielding the snap at the 29-yard line. End around, reverse. Lee gets the carry, cuts it to the left side. Brought down at the 40, dragged out of bounds all the way to the track. Flag comes in, late hit. Another flag at the 38. Oh, ref got hit in the face of the ball at the end there too, jeez. That was a violent play for everyone involved. Lee was dragged all the way out of bounds to the track and... His helmet collided with a Gatorade cooler. It was a gentle collision, but that kind of gives you a, an idea of how far out of bounds he was taken. He's, there's going to be two penalties on this play. I'm not sure what the first one is, but the second one's going to be a late out of bounds hit on Centennial. Looks like Danville thinks the first one was against them. They're well beyond the, or well behind, I should say, the original line of scrimmage. Uh, not out of the realm of possibility. We yep. have a hold and an unsportsmanlike conduct late hit. First one against the Vikings. They march the hold all the way back to the 24-yard line. And then 15 yards added on the other way for that. So all told, the Vikings gained five yards. <laughs> A crazy play on first and 10. And it should be first and five. <laughs> from the 39. These two teams are finding all kinds of creative ways to move the ball up and back on the field tonight. And it, they have very little to do with actually the offense actually moving the ball. They'll call it first and six 
crazy way to start this drive for the Vikings as the rain picks up. Four wide receivers and a running back, Perez Hinton, to take the snap at the 34-yard line. Man in motion is Caden Young, and getting the carry, Tommy Harris moving to the right side. Harris past the 40 near his own sideline, far side as we look at it. Crosses the 40, should be second and three coming up as the rain picks up, a charger is down at the 37-yard line. And it is probably as intense a rain as we've seen all night, Colin, really yeah. starting to come down. Uh, perhaps exaggerated a little bit as we look at it. You know, you, you see it in the lights. It's always going to look a little heavier oh, yeah. than it is, but it is coming down pretty significantly and pretty consistently. Yeah, I would say so. A lot of uh, umbrellas are getting popped up here in the stands, even one on the side on the Centennial sideline as well. I uh, don't want to speculate on who the injured charger is, but uh, I will say away from the, the injury, uh, Jack Barnhart, whose name we've called so many times tonight, he was hustling to chase down Tommy, uh, Tommy Harris on that last play, but he too, Jack Barnhart, came up limping at the end of that play, and he's still, unlike the rest of his teammates on a knee, he's still kind of just walking around trying to seem to work out whatever might have happened to him, not a respect factor or anything. He just seems to be a little, little sore, but... Uh, Hopefully he's all right, and hopefully whoever's down on the field as well for Centennial is all right. Won't speculate, but the injured charger sitting now helped to his feet and walking under his own power to the sideline, and that is Dontrell Dugar, number two, walking off under his own power. Good to see, and we'll hope that he's all right. Kyle Jackson came out to check on him, trainer chatting with him as he heads to the sideline. And it will be after all of that in a steady rain, second and two. Clock stopped at 9.17 if you're just joining us. No score at Tommy Stewart Field. Homecoming night for the Centennial Chargers and they're scoreless with the Danville Vikings. And we'll see what the Danville offense dials up here on second and two from the 42, their own 42, their eight yards shy of midfield. Yeah, we got some folks who are vacating the stands at this point. They, uh, as entertaining a defensive battle as this is, they don't see it as worth sitting in the driving rain right now, and I, I guess I get that. They'll go to their cars and listen on Light Rock 97.5 and WHMS.com. Man in motion for the Vikings' Caden Young. Got two flags there. They were thrown at two different times, so I think we might have two different penalties again. Handoff up the middle. Who was the ball carrier on that column that looked like Javon Robinson, uh, uh, perhaps. Yeah, I, I didn't quite catch who it was, honestly. Might have been young up the gut, a little tough to tell there. In motion right before the snap was young, and we'll see what these flags are. Danville's marching backwards. Unforced errors starting to add up for both teams. The holding call a few minutes ago didn't really affect the Vikings because the Chargers had a late hit out of bounds go against them, but now, Danville's going to be backed up to its own 37-yard line. Second and seven, 8.47 to play here in the third. And Dave Leak, an amateur meteorologist, says that the rain should be ending soon, according to the radar. Although Dave might be a professional meteorologist. I'm honestly not sure. I haven't asked him about it before. On matters of math and science, I'll trust Dave Leak any day <laughs> of the week. Here's a keeper for Perez Hinton up the middle, looking for the 40 at the numbers right side. And he got to the 40. So it'll be third and four coming up here. Clock runs down now to 8.20. This is going to be one of those games that, especially if you win, 
your head coach is going to talk about it afterward as you get close to the playoffs saying, look what we battled through to get to this point. Because this is just, the conditions are unpleasant. The defenses are grinding this game into the mud. It's been a physical, hard-hitting affair. This could be a defining game for whoever wins this game, even whoever loses, but really for whoever wins. Grit and grind. It's old-school football here. Two wide receivers to each side for the Vikings on third and four. Perez Hinton keeping it up the middle. Gets to the fourth and one. Three, but he's a yard short of the line to gain. It'll be fourth and one. 7.40 to play in a scoreless third quarter. Artificial turf here at Tommy Stewart Field. Pretty standard pattern, dark green to lighter green every five or so yards. This is an interesting situation for Danville. Fourth and one, you're not even at midfield. Looks like they're going to go for it. I don't really blame them, but man, this is dangerous if you can't convert this. Fourth, and they'll call it a short two. Danville on its own 42. Four wide receivers and a halfback alongside Bryson Perez Hinton. He'll keep it himself. Up the middle. He stops short. The Chargers defense holds. Chargers defense fired up. Jack Barnhart comes out of the pile saying no. No fly zone kind of gesture, even though it was a run <laughs> up the middle. No anything zone right now. It's uh, no offense zone out here for both of these teams. Jack Barnhart, man, he's, uh, he's kind of clutching at one of his shoulders right now. He, I would not be surprised if he's a little banged up, but he's just gutting it out at this point. He's uh, he's certainly not the only guy out there who's playing well for Centennial's defense, but he has made some huge plays. Chargers offense takes over at the Danville 44. Seven minutes left in the third quarter. Chargers looking for the first score tonight. Four wide receivers, but the handoff's going to go. No, it's a keeper for Davis. Left side, Davis past the 40, down and out. Oh, bounds, pardon me, at the 42. Down out of bounds at the 42. That's what I was looking for there. But a nifty keeper for Davis who left some question on who had the ball, and we've seen a lot of handoffs go to Harvey Collins, so that's going to maybe open up the option here in the second half. Yeah, I, I mentioned, you know, trying to throw the ball a little bit more. Well, now that it's driving rain again, I think that kind of goes out the window. I would look to see Brandon Harvey and Kellen Davis get a healthy dose of runs here. Chargers offense driving left to right, same direction. The rain's coming down. Harvey gets the handoff, takes it up the middle, drags a couple players near the 30-yard line, brought down at the 32, took four or five Vikings to repel him to the ground. And he will have two yards, enough for the first down. Moves the chain, 6.08 left in the third quarter. And the Chargers proving that they can get it done on the ground as they have all season. Fresh set of downs. First and 10 from the Viking 32 off hey, to the right. You just get the feeling that that last Danville drive that ended with being stuffed on fourth and about one and a half really took some air out of the Viking sails. Phillip Shaw the fourth coming off the field there as a late substitution. Both teams get an opportunity to match the other when one makes a sub. And they take each other up on that there. Under six minutes to play in the third. Still scoreless. Chargers driving off to the right. Three wide receivers. Harvey lined up behind Davis. Davis in the gun. Going to take the snap. At the 36. Hands it off to Harvey. Harvey spun down to the ground. Right up the middle. Crossed over the 35, and he's brought down at the 33 and a half. Looks like that's about no gain on that play. Maybe even lost a half a yard. 
It didn't look like Brandon Harvey really had a good handle on that ball either after handing it off. I thought I saw him trying to adjust his handle on it as he was getting tackled, which is never a good sign, especially with how wet it is right now. Harvey fumbled it earlier, but the Chargers were able to recover it. Jack Barnhart was the man in the right spot then. Similar formation, two receivers to each side. Harvey to the right of Davis. In the round and a jet sweep. A keeper for P.I. Ibiminion, who takes it just shy of the 30-yard line. Again, that didn't get much, maybe a yard. It'll be third and nine inside a five to play Q3. Still no score. It's a good idea, but uh, really well read by Danville on that play. I believe that was number 52, Calvin Hempel, who broke through and was chasing uh, chasing number seven for Centennial P.I., whose name, I, unlike you, I'm not brave enough to try and pronounce. I'm just going to keep calling him P.I. like Coach Kyle Jackson does. But Calvin Hempel did a nice job of blowing up that play is what I was trying to get at ultimately. Third and ten for the Chargers. 32-yard line driving left to right. Davis rolls left, throws over the middle, tipped, and it falls to the turf at the 15-yard line. Looked like his receiver got a hand on that, and that was Vincent Nguyen. But a tough ball for Nguyen to get back to, especially with this rain coming down. It's falling in the same direction the Chargers are driving. Wind blowing it pretty steadily to the right as we look at it. And the Chargers will look to punt it here on fourth and ten. Clock stopped at 4-10. Still no score. There's a surprising halftime score that has popped up on my feed just now. At least I think it's surprising. Uh, Hoopston area leading Westville 20-14 at halftime. That's, uh, that would be a big one for Hoopston if they're able to hold on there. Corn Jerkers looking to continue some momentum that started last season with a playoff push. First time Hoopston area had wound up in the playoffs in three decades. Looking to uh, make a statement here against one of the Vermilion Valley Conference's best. Play a game. As we talked, delay a game against Centennial. And Colin, that might have been intentional just to give Harvey a little more space to work with mm -hmm. here. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case. He, uh, he was kind of gesturing. Brandon was very, very much toward the sideline, wondering what the Chargers were going to do. I wonder if he wanted to go for it on fourth down. He's such an athlete, you've always got to question maybe a fake he'll punt it from the 49 trailing out of bounds goes out of bounds right along the 20 yard line we'll see where they spot it oh, I always struggle trying to spot where a punt went out of bounds underrated skill for our officials and <laughs> they'll mark him off at about the 23 so close to downing it inside the 20 and the Vikings offense will have to drive about 77 yards right to left against the wind 3.55 left in the third quarter. 0-0, Vikings and Chargers. We haven't seen anything quite like this in the games that we've called so far this season, whether it be you and I or you and Scott Beatty. This is, uh, this is a defensive struggle. Let's just call it that. It's when you find out what your team is made of. Turf surface, and Colin, the, the part of me that likes to do my job well likes that, but part of me <laughs> wishes it was natural grass, a mud fest. Four wide receivers for the Vikings. Man in motion. Perez Hinton, the quarterback, to the right. Going to keep it. Everyone piles in, middle of the field. And that time, no pile drives the other forward. Perez Hinton down to about where he started, gained a yard. So second and nine to the Danville 24. At this point, I don't really know what to say as far as how to offer advice for either of these teams to break through. They're, they're, they're trying everything at their disposal without 
playing too far outside the box because of the weather. You know, normally I'd advocate go outside the box in a defensive slugfest, but I can understand why you wouldn't want to in this case. You go outside the box and do something you're not that familiar with. With these conditions, that's how you turn over the ball, and you can't afford to turn over the ball right now. Pass to the flat, spun around and brought down hard, repelled all the way back to the 15-yard line. Big hit, Tevin Henderson got rocked as he caught it in the flat. That pass nearly swatted down. They'll mark forward progress and a loss of three, but that's a play you need, Colin, if you're a defense to make a statement. We hadn't seen a hit like that all well, game. That was, that was uh, yeah. I, I talked earlier how I thought Centennial's, uh, Centennial's defenders might be struggling a little bit to tackle Danville's uh, offensive players, specifically the receivers, because of how small most of them are. Uh, you get really low to the ground, you kind of eliminate that problem. Goes for a loss of three. Third and 12, 225. Scoreless third quarter. Perez Hinton rolls right. Pass to the flat. Caught at the 18-yard line right side. Looking for the sideline. Spun down, staying on his feet and brought down finally is Antoine Lee. Did a nice job of staying on his feet after he was spun around by a defender, but he ran into more blue shirts and finally had to hit the turf further back from where the Vikings started. That goes for a loss of three in itself, and it's fourth and 15 from the 18-yard line. Under two minutes to play, a 0-0 ball game, Q3. Wow, this is, <laughs> I don't even know what to say at this point. These two defenses are doing something special. Pl uh, punt nearly blocked, won't flip the field. It's gonna be down to the 43. Charger return man Joel Myrick didn't have anything to offer at that one. Minute 36 for the third quarter. Again, goose eggs in each scoring column. And Colin, this is where you think back to the first half. The Maroons had, or the uh, the Vikings, right? I'm going back to last week. The, uh, the Vikings in Maroon jerseys had a couple chances. They had three drives stall out in the red zone. Charger defense stepped up and did what they needed to do in clutch situations, and now those possessions coming back to haunt the Vikings. Telling you, should have kicked that field goal earlier. I'm just going to keep harping on it. <laughs> they were in a position to. Harvey gets the carry. First play of the Chargers drive. Brought down by the shoulder pads past the 30-yard line. Big carry for the Chargers as Harvey picks up a gain of 14 to the 29. Chargers driving left to right. Harvey, fresh set of downs. So there, there really was nobody back there to, to stop Brandon Harvey. Javon Robinson, Diddy Robinson, the sophomore. You said the shoulder pads. I thought he brought him down by his head almost. Uh, he was the last line <laughs> of defense, too. If he hadn't brought him down, Brandon Harvey was gone. Usually you got to go low to bring down Harvey. That time they went high. Minute 10 left for the third quarter. 0-0. Chargers driving off to the right. Rain has slowed. And Davis will take the snap, hand it off to Harvey. Harvey barrels over a man, a right side hash mark, and he's brought down. That time he went up on the truck stick, tried to <laughs> lay a man out, and yeah. didn't get a whole lot on that. But he does move the ball forward, a decent carry on first down. He, uh, he knew exactly what he was getting into on that one. He uh, stepped forward about three or four steps and immediately went into a I am ready to crush you uh, type of pose there. Hey, one yard gain's a one yard gain. On this night, that, that's a meaningful amount of yardage. Second and nine, 30 seconds left, third quarter. Caceres, the tight end, in motion right to left. Davis out of the gun, hands off to Harvey. Harvey up the middle, cuts left, spins up the middle, and he's brought down. 
Couple Vikings in on that stop, but Harvey, another carry that does the job. That'll be the last play of the third quarter. When we come back, it will be third down and four. 23-yard line. Chargers knocking on the door of the red zone, looking for the game's first score. 0-0, Centennial and Danville at the end of the third. It's crunch time on Light Rock 97.5. The News Gazette and Light Rock Game of the Week is back after this. At Prospect Bank, we look forward to partnering with you. When you partner with Prospect Bank, you will experience dedicated customer service paired with secure and convenient banking solutions. Because we are Prospect Bank, the Opportunity Bank. Butcher, when an electrical fire in your office causes extensive smoke and fire damage, or that musty odor indicates you might have a mold problem, you need a lot more than just help cleaning up. That's why SurfPro of Champaign-Urbana is your one-stop shop when disaster strikes. We offer all the cleanup and construction services to take your home or business from post-disaster to as good as new as soon as possible. So no matter what happens, you only need to make one call. Call SurfPro of Champaign-Urbana at 217-355-0077 to see how we can help you make it like it never even happened. Welcome back to Tommy Stewart Field. Fourth quarter upon us. 12 minutes left in regulation. Got to say regulation because it's still 0-0. With 12 minutes to play. Centennial with a third and four at the Danville 23. They're driving now right to left. They've flipped fields. And they'll line up on third and four with Harvey alongside the quarterback Davis. Two wide receivers to the left. Handoff Harvey going right. Harvey to the numbers. He's got enough for the first. Pushed forward near the 10. Probably mark him off at the 12. And Harvey knocking on the door of a goal-to-go situation. Not quite there yet, but the Chargers in position for the game's first score. You know what, uh, when you get to a situation where your offense is stuck in neutral or even going in reverse, it probably works to rely on the guy who's rushed for about 650 yards through the first four games of the season. Brandon Harvey's had some tough runs tonight, but he's a tough kid too, and he's finally starting to wear down this Danville defense a little bit. Long history of running backs at Centennial. Brandon Harvey among the greats, and he watches as Davis, the quarterback, keeper to the right, out of bounds at the 10-yard line. Gain of three. Line to gain is the three. Line of scrimmage was the 13. They'll mark him out at the 11, so it'll be a gain of two. Second and two, or second and eight, rather, at the 11. Danville's defense has done such an excellent job bottling up Centennial at the other end of the field, at the opposing red zone. Now it's incumbent upon them to make a big stand here in their own red zone. Two wide receivers, one to each side. Handoff Harvey going up the middle. Defensive line meets him at midfield. Right where that soccer line starts at the nine, middle of the field, and Harvey doesn't get much on second down. So now a huge third down coming up. Centennial moving into what you could consider field goal range likely for a high school kicker, but still a little far in these conditions. Third down and seven. Sherelle Warfield is the individual who handles PATs. Uh, usually I'm not sure what his uh, 
capability is as far as field goals goes for Centennial. Trips right for the Chargers. 10.45 left in the third. Davis steps up, fires over the middle incomplete. That was well covered by the Vikings who had four individuals in the end zone, which is where the intended receiver, I believe Donovan Chambers was for the Chargers. It was either Chambers or P.I. That was one of the first throws tonight that I've seen that sailed over somebody's head. Uh, you could tell Kellen Davis may be a little too excited to try and get the ball in the end zone there and just bombed it pretty much out the back of the end zone. Fourth and seven, they'll go for it. 10.41 left in regulation, still scoreless. Fourth and seven from the Danville 10. Centennial, three wide receivers. Davis drops back to pass. Five-step drop goes over the middle. Dropped in the end zone. Was it picked? No. It was not. Receiver says it hit the ground, or referee says it hit the ground. And that's probably good for Danville. You wouldn't want to intercept it at the goal line. You'd rather knock it down there and start at the 10. And that pass right off the hands of Davis's intended target. Was that Bailey? I believe that was number seven, yes. Who, uh, it would be P.I., I believe, P. I. for the Chargers. Yeah, and he was holding his uh, right hand afterwards, shaking it out. Uh, he took a, he did indeed drop that ball. It was right in the bright basket, but he also took a bit of a lick from one of the Danville uh, secondary members on the way by, so uh, hopefully he's all right. But uh, that's when you got to haul in those situations. Cold hands, you're not catching a lot of passes on the night. It's really tough to do. Would have gone for a touchdown. Instead, it's a turnover on downs. Play clock at 8 as Danville starts this drive at its own 10. 90 yards to drive left to right. Play clock down to 3. And Danville head coach Marcus Forrest will take a timeout. Man. You hate to burn a timeout there, but it's probably better than oh, yeah. losing 5. Yeah, when you're at the 10-yard line, yeah. I, I pre I'm pretty sure you're going to bite that bullet if you're Marcus Forrest. This is turning into a game, though, Colin, as we look at it. 10.35 in the fourth, still scoreless. Timeouts might really be crucial here mm -hmm. if, you you know, one team punches it in and gets a stop. You're really going to be behind the eight ball here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this is this is the issue that Centennial's been facing all day, right? They've been Their offense has been backed up basically deep in their own territory. Now Danville gets to face that situation, and we'll see how they respond because their offense has been stuck in neutral for a while. First and 10 from the 10-yard line, 90 yards ahead of the Vikings here, 10.35 showing here in the fourth quarter. Both offenses trying to get on the board for the first time. 0-0. Zero, zero. An old-school defensive battle on Light Rock 97.5. Shotgun trips right for the Vikings. Perez Hinton, the handoff, no, the snap, rather. He'll uncork a pass down the field. Thomas had a step. Matthew Thomas down the seam, right side for the Vikings. But the pass over his head, he had Jacob Bailey beat by about a step and a half. And that is easily the furthest we've seen either quarterback attempt a pass tonight, Colin. And yeah. Perez Hinton almost had him. That was, uh, we talked at the open about Perez Hinton not being a very big guy, five, somewhere between 5'5", five, 5'7", five, five, and 165. Uh, he's got a lot of oomph behind his throws, though. That was uh, that was surprising to see him just step out of the pocket a bit and whale one down the field and overshoot Matthew Thomas, who's a big, tall receiver by about three yards. Could have been a big gainer instead, second and 10. From the 10, Perez Hinton bobbled the snap, it looked like. Nearly bounced one off as he carried it up the middle. Instead, he's brought down for a small gain. 
They'll mark him off at the 13 to set up a third down and seven. Clock runs past 10-15 in the fourth quarter. Still 0-0. Zero, zero. Exactly the kind of game you would have expected in 1922. <laughs> 2022, you usually see a few more points, but it's uh, become a defensive battle here at Tommy Stewart Field. It's one of those nights. I know I saw on Twitter Tuscola and Central A&M were tied at zero at halftime as well, so certainly this isn't the only game, but uh, yeah, we're getting to the point where somebody's got to do something. Third and six for the Vikings. Perez Hinton drops back to pass. Three-step drop, winds one up, left sideline again over the hands of Thomas, who reached out for it and watched it sail about two yards beyond where he was running. And that was about a 40-yard pass in the air. Thomas couldn't catch up with it in front of his own sideline. Left side past the 50. Yeah, that was pretty much the exact same idea, just the opposite side of the field in uh, Matthew Thomas caught that ball, he was gone because he, he again got a step on Centennial secondary. He's been uh, kind of the quiet guy tonight. Uh, Perez Hinton has been content to kind of throw some more smaller or check down type passes to some of his, uh, his much smaller receivers and getting Matthew Thomas unleashed down the field, that could be a game changer for the Vikings. Phillip Shaw on for the punt. Centennial won't return it, it's out of bounds. Shia midfield, not a horrible punt. At the 46 is where it knocks out of bounds. Joel Myrick, the punt returner, literally just did not move, stared and watched the ball go out to the right of him. It looked a little disappointed. His shoulders dropped a bit like, man, I wanted to try and return one. That allows the Chargers to set up shop at the 46-yard line of Danville. 46 yards to pay dirt. In the first half, if you're just joining us, it was Danville who drove the ball down, forced the Centennial defense to step up inside the red zone. Now Danville filling that role as the Chargers have a little more offensive momentum. 9.32 is where the, or as when the Chargers will start this drive. At the Danville 46, right to left, still scoreless. Harvey tries to change that, tries to bounce it outside. Stiff arms a man to the 30, where he slides down on one knee, and there to down him, although that's not necessary at this level is D'Angelo Tyler, defensive tackle for the Vikings. In the IHSA, you're down when your knee hits the ground, but good wherewithal from Tyler to come in and, and you know put two hands on Harvey just to make sure. Yeah, you uh, sometimes it's hard to remember the rules across uh, different levels of play. Uh, and sometimes you just get a little too excited and go after somebody after they're already down anyway. Tyler showed restraint but made sure that Harvey knew he was there. Two wide receivers, far side for Centennial on the right. Harvey alongside Davis, the quarterback. Davis will fire a pass that's caught at the 25. There to make the tackle for Danville. Caleb Robinson in on that as well was Lee. Up past the 25, down to the 20. I think Robinson's tackle gave the receiver a little momentum. It's a fresh set of downs with 8.45 on the clock. Ball on the 20. Looks like we need a new ball. Looks that way. Old one probably a little wet after a couple of plays. Might or be damaged. Maybe damaged, yeah. <laughs> Kyle Jackson gets a look at it. And the uh, ball boy will likely cast that one aside. That's a souvenir for him. <laughs> That'll be the game ball for someone afterwards because I don't think they can put it back into uh, commission. Chargers offense driving right to left at the 20-yard line. They're in the red zone, first and 10. Tight formation here 
compared to what they've been running. Two receivers to the right sideline. Davis out of the shotgun, hands off to Brandon Harvey. Harvey cuts left, spins left, crosses the 20. Momentum carries him down near the 15 as three Vikings grab him, wrestle him to the ground. And it will be second down and seven. So many plays tonight, Colin. We've had a lot of descriptors for, and then, yeah, gain of three. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I really like Brandon Harvey and what he does on the ground. <laughs> Might have been the most unnecessary spin move <laughs> of the night. But it looked cool. Um, there was nobody within two yards of him when he pulled that spin move, but it, it certainly looked cool. He went forward. He didn't lose yeah. yards on it. Second down and seven from the 17. Chargers in the red zone. Off to the left, three wide receivers. Harvey to the flat, but Davis is going to go over the middle, and that pass hit the turf in front of Donovan Chambers. Good defense from, pardon me, Antoine Lee was in the area, but Lee didn't have to do much. The pass hit the turf. 7.53 in the third quarter. Third down and seven. You know, you mentioned earlier, Caleb Robinson. We haven't had a chance during this broadcast to mention Caleb Robinson, the younger brother of current Cincinnati Reds catcher Chucky Robinson, also a Danville graduate, 2013, former News Gazette Player of the Year. Caleb Robinson trying to make a big play that his brother would be proud of over in Cincinnati this weekend. Chucky doing great things with the Reds. Third and seven for the Chargers. Up the middle goes Davis on a quarterback keeper down shy of the 10, but he's close. They'll mark him off at the 11, and it'll be fourth and one for the Chargers. Well, this one isn't a question. You're going for it. Got to go for it here. Fourth and inches, scoreless game. Would be goal to go if they can get a first down, but the Chargers might be looking touchdown. Three wide receivers. Harvey's alongside Davis, and the Vikings jump offsides. There's two different Vikings who both jumped. I think that was, uh, well... They're young players. They don't need to be called out on it. But there were two Vikings who jumped offside there. And that's going to be a free five yards for Centennial. Ball spotted at the Danville six. And that's huge in a scoreless ball game as time starts to wind down. 7.20 left for the first, or rather the fourth quarter. Big mistake to make. We're far from the start of this game, although the score would indicate otherwise. <laughs> Two wide receivers far side. Harvey's behind Davis, out of the gun. Harvey gets the carry up the middle, and the Vikings aim low, and a big tackle from Phillip Shaw. Yep. That's exactly who that was. Phillip Shaw is not exactly a big kid, listed at 5'9", 185, but he got in there and just went low and would not let go of Brandon Harvey's ankles. They're under seven minutes to play in regulation. Still no score, second and goal from the six. Chargers huddling up. I think they're huddling up for warmth more than anything. Chilly night in Champaign. Defensive battle. It's rained on and off. It's dry right now. Three receivers for the Chargers, two to the far side, but it goes to Harvey up the middle, and again, the Vikings are there to meet him. Wow. Took it to the left side hash and ran into a brick wall at the line of scrimmage. It's Phillip Shaw again at the head of that, head of that table. Some of the smallest guys on the field tonight are doing some of the biggest things out here on both sides of the ball. Mention how Harvey's a running back and punter for the Chargers. Shaw is a linebacker and punter for the Vikings. Forces a third and goal from the five. 
Chargers line up, same formation. Harvey to the left of Davis. And Harvey's carrying it right. He's in the end zone. A flag comes in late if it stands. It's a Chargers touchdown. A five-yard run for Harvey. See what the call is. Extra point unit coming on for Centennial. Early indications are that it will be against Danville. And it's going to be, in all likelihood, 6-0. 5-50 to play in the fourth quarter. Instead of going to the left and just running into the pile like he did on those last two plays, Centennial dials up a different call. Harvey goes around the right, not nearly as much resistance at that side. Dives his way into the end zone with the extra effort, and Centennial has finally broken the scoreless stalemate. 5.50 to play, extra point pending, 6-0 Chargers. Anthony Caceres on for the extra point. Does it all for the Chargers offense, does Caceres. He's a tight end, a running back. Gunner on the kickoff unit. Trying to make it 7-0. Good snap, good hold, kick, pulled. Just inside the upright, it's good. Pulled to the right, but Caceres knocked it through. Made the Chargers faithful sweat that one out a little bit, but he just sneaks it in. And it is 7-0 Centennial, 5.50 to play in the game. Now we get to see, can Danville's offense get out of the, the funk that it's been in throughout the entirety of the second half? They were very close on a few of those pass plays to Matthew Thomas on that last drive, just overthrown by Perez Hinton. Centennial has done such a good job defensively, but maybe they're starting to wear down a little bit because they were a step or two behind on those two big pass plays. I wonder if that's exploitable in some other areas as well. 5.50 to play here in regulation. Joey Wright and Colin Likas. Colin, I just looked at a text our producer Dave Leak sent us. Doing a great job behind the sticks is Dave tonight, and he mentioned that overtime would start at the 25-yard line, first and 10 for each side. Looks like it plays out much like the college level does. Yeah, they should get it even closer. It's high school kids. Come on. <laughs> See if we need it. 7-0 Centennial. Danville will return the kick, and they need to find their first points of the night. They have a little time to do it. Two timeouts left, 5.50 to play in regulation. And Centennial with a short field on this kickoff because of that Danville penalty on that last play. In the end zone to return the kick is Antoine Lee. Lee will run out a little bit and field it from the four. Lee looking for space up the middle, has a seam, trying to cut it back to the right. Brought down at the hash between the 20 and 25. Lee almost broke that for yeah. a big gain, but was wrapped up, brought down by his jersey. Trying to see who that is. He won't, uh, number six, there we go. He was waiting for him to turn. Rico Carter, nice tackle. He refused to let go of Antoine Lee's jersey there. You were right, Lee found a huge hole. He was ready to go, go to the house on that one. How big would that have been if Danville answered Centennial's score with a kickoff return touchdown? We've only seen three kickoffs tonight. The opening kickoff, <laughs> the halftime kickoff, and one a moment ago from the Chargers. We've seen plenty of kicking, though, in the form of punting. <laughs> we absolutely have. In tough weather, that's a good way to impress the college guys, yeah. too. 
7-0 Centennial. Danville starting its drive at its own 23. They need to drive 77 yards. They have 5.39 on the clock to tie this one up. And it's a pass to the flat. Quick strike to Thomas, far side. Thomas, big hit at the 30-yard line in front of his own sideline. Forward momentum drives him to the 31 before he falls to the ground. And it's a gain of seven, second and three coming up as the Vikings offense starts to drive off to the right. Yeah, you really cannot blame uh, Danville for wanting to get Matthew Thomas involved at this stage of the game. With such a big body as his, six foot, 180 pounds, with how tired these Centennial defenders have to be, that's, that could be a game changer. Matthew Thomas is just physicality. Thomas lines up as a receiver on the right side. Perez Hinton will keep it himself. The quarterback, small frame. Listed at 5'5", five, five, maybe give him 5'6 or 5'7", but in any case, number 12 takes it right up the gut. Had a little bit of a hole offensive line, did a nice job, but it's first and 10 Vikings as they drive near the Centennial 40, or the uh, Danville 40, I should say. They're at their own 37. Clock stops for measurement and winds at 440. 7-0 game. Vikings on the opposite end of that, trying to change the narrative here. Four wide receivers. Now a man in motion crossing the field. Right to left is Young. And met at the line is the quarterback, Perez Hinton. But the Chargers wouldn't let go, and that's probably going to be an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty yep. as Perez Hinton was spun around. That was Jack's, That was uh, Barnhart as well, Jack Barnhart. That was uh, didn't throw him to the ground, but I think the referee determined that he was trying to throw him to the ground, and that's a that's a tough one for Centennial to take at this point in the game. It's going to be 15 free yards and a first down on what would have been a big first and ten stop. Clock temporarily stopped at 4:18. Should wind when they get everything set, but the Vikings offense will cross the 50-yard line left to right. Just barely to the 48, and it's first and 10, just north of four minutes to play. Vikings nursing a 7-0 deficit. I don't think I've ever heard of somebody nursing a deficit before. That's a new one. Well, I guess the Chargers are nursing <laughs> the lead. Vikings trying to take care of it, maybe. Yeah, same idea. Four yeah. wide receivers. And a running back, Perez Hinton. Pump fake, fires one on a curl route to the 40-yard line. Left side numbers, a little shy of the 40-yard line. Sorry, folks. It was more like the more like the 39, so we were close. And the Vikings offense continues to move the ball down the field. They've had a little bit of help from penalties here, Colin, but they're doing a good job getting this drive started. Now they've got to finish it. Yeah, absolutely, and a uh, really nice job from Perez Hinton to just kind of roll with the punches here. You know, he's... Uh, He's taken a lot of hits through keeping the ball, uh, whether it be through a draw, design keeper, what have you. Uh, he's just finding a way to keep getting that ball downfield through through the pass game right now. Second and three, three wide receivers, two running backs for Perez Hinton. Pitch back to his man who's driving past the 30-yard wow. line. Tommy Harris still driving past the 25, near the 20, in front of his own bench. Tommy Harris, number six in white. Had to look down. He was a big part of the game plan earlier. 
Seemed to take a couple drives off and reemerges in a big way right there. Yeah, that was, uh, I thought that was uh, another case of the six to nine backward. I thought that was Caleb Robinson, but you were right, that was Tommy Harris. And uh, he got an extra probably six or seven yards just keeping his legs churning on that play. That was crazy. Marcus Forrest didn't list him as an offensive starter. He starts at linebacker on defense, does Harris. Now three wide receivers, first and ten for the Vikings at the Centennial 23. High snap, Perez Hinton hauls it in. High pass, backwards, Lee. It's a fumble picked up by Centennial. We'll see what they call it. Incomplete is the call. Uh, and Kyle Jackson is irked. Yeah, he's getting dragged back to his sideline by one of his assistant coaches. Irate maybe a better word. Yeah. I hey, yikes. All right. That was tough. I'm Kyle Jackson you got to get away from the ref because you're potentially going to cost your team more yardage right now. No review at the high school level. They're not going to change their mind. Yeah. Centennial bench has uh, taken umbrage to a couple of calls tonight, for better or worse. Second and ten now for the Vikings. They'll line up with two receivers far side, one in tight, two running backs. Perez Hinton will hand off to the linebacker turn. Running back Harris, and Harris with a big gain. Left side near the 10-yard line. Near the sticks, we'll see where they spot it. Man, now Centennial has really just got to get its head back in the game here. That, that play, you know, it could have been a game changer. It's over now, though. It was called an incomplete pass on the field. you got to move past it. Third and one, two minutes left in the game. Harris, the running back, stays on his feet past the 10, and that should be enough for a first down. Only needed a yard on third and ten. Let's reset it for you. Two minutes even is where the clock stops for the measurement. They'll spot him down at the nine-yard line. First and goal Vikings. They trail 7-0. Two minutes left in regulation. Need a touchdown here. Two wide receivers left, one right, two running backs, one of them behind Perez Hinton. There's a pitch back to Harris. Tommy Harris past the five. Near the goal line, brought down at the two. Tommy Harris, uh, regardless of whether or not he's a listed starter, he has come on huge in this, this drive in this fourth quarter. He's just running like a man possessed out there. Left side hash, minute 25. Timeout's going to be called before the snap. What a game this has turned into at Tommy Stewart Field. 7-0 Centennial, Danville has it at the Charger two-yard line. A minute 27 left in regulation. Danville has had a couple drives stall out in the red zone tonight. Colin, if they can punch this in, do you go for two and try to walk it off, or I, do you I, go for the PAT? I don't. I go for the PAT at this point. You trust your defense to get another stop, and now your offense has all the momentum in the world. I think you just go for the PAT. And they got the wind at their backs as well, so I think that really just hammers it home. Braden Wilson handles the kicking duties for Danville. Vikings have to get there first. Tommy Harris has come alive in this drive for the Vikings. This drive started 75 yards ago. 87 seconds left in the game. 127 on the scoreboard. 7-0 Centennial. Out of the timeout. We'll see what the Vikings do. They need two yards to maybe force a tie, maybe go for the lead. Three wide receivers. 
A fullback and a running back is Harris. Perez Hinton hands it off to Harris. Harris up the gut, and Centennial's defense drives him backwards. Third and goal coming up. And he went way back on that. That's where he was brought down. They'll give him forward progress to where he started at the two. This has just been the story of this game, hasn't it? I mean, guys with needing short runs, and they just try to burst it through the middle. These defensive lines are just holding firm. Centennial needs to do it two more times, presumably. 55 seconds left. Vikings running some clock. Down 7-0 at the Centennial 2. Third and goal. Handoff. Harris up the middle. And again, it's the Centennial defensive line saying no. It's going to be fourth and ball game with 40 seconds and ticking left to play. Danville's going to have one more chance at the end zone. I believe Danville has one timeout left. If they don't, they're just letting it run just to get this to to overtime. Assuming they tie, of course. No use in giving Centennial the ball back. You might as well wind it down and run one more play. Play clock at 15, game clock at 20. Fourth and goal from the two-yard line. Danville still in its huddle. They'll probably use a timeout here and run one play to try and get two yards and a score. There it goes. They've spotted it at the one-yard line. It is a long one yard. (laughs) Timeout, Danville. Six seconds left, seven-nothing, the deficit. Wow. Talk about coming down to the wire, huh? On Prep Football Confidential every Wednesday, Colin, you and I give out the, the U of I Army ROTC Offensive Line of the Week. If Centennial's defensive line can come up with a stop here, they might need to get some recognition too. Yeah, we're going to have to start sponsoring a uh, defensive line of the week, find another sponsor. Anybody wants to jump in on that, let us know. <laughs> oh, man. I'm guessing it might be a business that uh, supports Centennial in some way. They deserve a lot of credit. Six and two-tenths of a second left. Marcus Forrest calling a play call for Danville. They're still huddling up in front of their own bench. This is it. There are not a ton of fans here. I mean, there's a fair number on Centennial's side. But, man, it's it, for as few fans as there are here, relatively speaking, it's, it's getting pretty loud right now. Two of the best in the Big 12 going at it. Now Danville back on the field. Six seconds left at the one-yard line. They need a touchdown to tie it or take the lead with a two-point conversion. Two running backs flanking Bryce and Perez Hinton. Harris out of the game. Robinson and Shaw are in. Keeper for Perez Hinton. Did he get in? No, he didn't. The Chargers hold. 1.8 left. A goal line stand, and the Chargers are going to walk out of here with a win. And I wouldn't call it quite yet, but uh, considering where the ball is at, but wow. Wow, wow, wow. That was uh, Centennial's 34, Kodiak Pruitt, as well as Kellen Davis, the quarterback, jumping up on that play, it looked like, uh, if I have my numbers right there. And Kodiak Pruitt just threw his helmet down on the sideline. He is absolutely stoked. He's just kind of yelling into the into the void. Wow, what a crazy play. It's not over, you're right. The ball still spotted at the one. Danville's gonna bring some pressure. Centennial's gotta keep it out of the end zone here. Safety would only give Danville two, but it would give them a chance to return a punt, essentially an untimed down. Yeah, I think if you're Centennial, uh, 
I know you don't see this play a lot at the high school level. You see it at the college level. Just run out the back of the end zone. We might see a 7-2 final score here. Not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, there's only one. You don't have to run that much time off. As long as Centennial's offensive line just doesn't just lay down completely, which at this point I highly doubt that would happen. Um, unless Danville literally puts all 11 guys on the line and just somehow smashes the ball away from <laughs> Kellen Davis. and They still have to recover it even. They could sack him, and he still maintains the ball, and it's just two points. So you pretty much need to blast Kellen Davis, which obviously doesn't sound very good, but that's what Danville has to do in order to actually win this game right now. Another thing you could do if you're Centennial here, Brandon Harvey, the punter, has punted from his own end zone a couple of times so far tonight. Why not throw him out there to just take the snap and kick it? Just send it out of bounds. Aim sideways, essentially. A little more than sideways. You'd want to get it out of the end zone, but just get rid of it. Or line Davis up deep. Maybe line Davis up like a punter and just have him throw it out of bounds to end the game. Then you might have intentional grounding to worry about. We'll see what the Chargers do here. Backed up to their own one-yard line, less than two seconds left. Deep in the shotgun formation, Davis with Harvey alongside him. And a whistle, they'll start it. Davis drops back. He will uncork one to the sideline, incomplete. No flags, Chargers win it. Seven nothing, your final score. The celebration is on. A defensive battle for the ages. And it is a party on the field at Tommy Stewart right now. The Chargers are celebrating like they've won a playoff game. Well, they have become playoff eligible, so uh, that's a good reason to celebrate as any, I think. Congratulations to the Chargers, and man, that's just, that's a tough loss for Danville. Played extremely well on defense, did some really good things on offense, but ultimately Centennial was just a couple plays better. Specifically, four plays better as Danville drove it nearly the length of the field, left to right. <laughs> Kodiak Pruitt's throwing his helmet again. Now he, he just did a backflip, and he <laughs> fell. Well, he tried his best. Turf is a little slick here. My, oh, my, the Vikings again driving it nearly the length of the field. 76 yards needed to take it, 77, and when the Vikings got a first and goal, the Chargers kicked it in a high gear, four straight stops. And they win it in dramatic fashion. I don't know if I've ever seen a high school game play out like that. You don't see a lot of football games play out like that in 2022. No, absolutely not. I mean, it was dictated a little bit by the weather at certain points. It was dictated more so by the defenses. Those are just two really, really solid defenses, two teams that know each other well, two teams that really wanted to try to out-physical each other. And, uh, you know, sometimes having a really good athlete slash running back like Brandon Harvey can make the ultimate difference, and it did in this one. It absolutely did, and the Chargers are celebrating. Now off to our left in front of their student section. In the end zone, they'll huddle up. They'll probably sing the fight song. Kyle and Mikus, you've got a story to write for tomorrow's News Gazette. Can't wait to read it, even though we just called the same game. I, <laughs> I, I, I want to relive this thing. Yep. Should be a good one. Get down to the field and yes, talk sir. with uh, both these coaches, some players. 
paint the picture, and it'll run online. And then tomorrow's News Gazette. Great job, as always. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, great job, Joey. And thanks to everybody for listening in, including my mother and two aunts. Uh, they wanted a shout-out, so there you go. They get a shout-out. But thanks to everybody for listening in, really, regardless of whether you're related to me or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great to have them on board tonight. Great to have our entire listening base online. Plenty of ways to listen to our coverage here on Light Rock 97.5. Majority of uh, folks, perhaps, are listening to us on 97.5. I don't know, well, maybe majority or otherwise, because you can listen on whms.com. You can listen on the News Gazette app and iHeartRadio as well. Plenty of ways to listen. Uh, all great options. A lot of good stuff in that News Gazette app. Certainly. Collins on his way down to the field. Centennial continuing to celebrate. Down to our left, and it is a party. A more somber huddle for Danville off to the right. They're at the 35-yard line, but the Vikings played a terrific game. It ultimately came down to a few plays late, and the Chargers had those plays left in them. We'll take a break and come back to close things down on the Light Rock 97-5. And News Gazette High School Football Game of the Week. Centennial wins it 7-0. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no bigger place to start your journey than at the University of Illinois Army ROTC program. Whether your goal is to cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, Army ROTC can help you make your goals a reality, become a leader, and serve your country all without sacrificing your college experience. Students who enroll in Army ROTC are eligible for merit-based scholarships, tuition waivers, plus a monthly stipend for personal expenses. Visit publish.illinois.edu to learn more about the University of Illinois Army ROTC. Butcher, when an electrical fire in your office causes extensive smoke and fire damage, or that musty odor indicates you might have a mold problem, you need a lot more than just help cleaning up. That's why ServPro of Champaign-Urbana Construction Services to take your when disaster strikes. We offer all the cleanup and construction services to take your home or business from post-disaster to as good as new as soon as possible. So no matter what happens, you only need to make one call. Call ServPro of Champaign-Urbana at 217-355-0077 to see how we can help you make it like it never even happened. A warm welcome back to Tommy Stewart Field on a chilly Friday night in the latter portion now of September. I'm Joey Wright. Colin Lankus, my broadcast partner, has moved down to the field. Jack of all trades is Colin Lankus. He's got a story coming up for Tomorrow's News Gazette should be a good one. It was a great game in every aspect. Maybe not so much if you like offense, but uh, if you're a defensive fan, this was the game for you. 7-0, your final score, Centennial beating Danville. And I wouldn't even go as far to say that this was a, a bad offensive showing from either team. We saw plenty of... Uh, the pass is completed. We've seen, uh, or, or I should say we saw yeah, big runs, uh, running backs, Tommy Harris, Caleb Robinson, Caden Young to some extent for Danville, and uh, almost exclusively Brandon Hardy for Centennial. You break off big runs and gain yards when they needed to. Uh, these offenses uh, moved the ball. They weren't anemic. They just stopped moving the ball when they would get inside the red zone and the defenses would answer the call. Danville's red zone defense made a number of terrific plays in the first quarter. Into the second quarter, I would say their defense maybe controlled the first half a little bit, and then it was Centennial's defense that controlled the second half. Uh, to whatever extent you could say a defense controlled the half in a 7 nothing game because both defenses played lights out. Finished drives a lot better than the offenses did. 
really, you know, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite football terms, bend, don't break. I really think that describes this game because <laughs> we saw movement. We saw a lot of drives end in the red zone. Just didn't end with touchdowns. Until Brandon Harvey punched one in. Middle of the fourth quarter for the Chargers' lone score on a five-yard drive. The only score, definitely the only red zone score we saw tonight in Harvey. Offensively, might have to be our player of the game because he had a lot of big runs for the Chargers. But if we had to name a player of the game, I've got to give it to the entire Centennial defensive line. We saw Jameer Hall and Ja'Kai Merriweather bat down some passes. We saw Jack Barnhart in on a number of stops. And when you look at the Centennial defense as a whole, the Chargers up and down the, the starting group uh, made big plays. Uh, as I mentioned, Jack Barnhart, Jameer Hall, Ja'Kai Merriweather, but Kodiak Pruitt was instrumental on the goal line stand that sealed the game for the Chargers. Vikings had that opportunity to score from the one-yard line with six seconds left. Kodiak Pruitt comes up and makes the stop there. Rico Carter, Joel Myrick, Jacob Bailey uh, intercepted a pass in the first quarter that flips some momentum towards the Chargers. Donovan Chambers and Dontrell Dugar making plays as well. And Kellen Davis stepped in at linebacker and at safety. Uh, kind of played, you know, only when you're playing in the red zone, the safeties play more like linebackers to some extent. He, he made great plays as well. And for Kyle Jackson and company, the Chargers are 5-0, and now playoff eligible. And if you're a Centennial fan, you've got to be thinking, 7-2 and two might be the basement for this team. Winnable games next two weeks, a tough road battle at Collinsville follows, and what might be the game of the year in the Big 12 Conference against Normal West closes out the season here in Week 9. But the Chargers are off to a tremendous start. And as we said at the top of the show, this might be the best Centennial team in program history. They've had a lot of good teams over the years. Chargers are 5-0. and The Danville Vikings are 3-2. and And this is a setback for Danville that I'm sure they'll learn from. Vikings have a lot of talent. Both these offenses are really good. 7-0, not what we expected by any means. And the Vikings definitely have some wins to pick up over the next few weeks. Joey Ryan in with you. This is the Light Rock 97.5 and News Gazette High School Football Game of the Week. Colin Likas working on a story for tomorrow's News Gazette. He's down talking with Kyle Jackson, Centennial's head coach on the track at the five-yard line off to our left. Opposite side of where Jackson's defense made a huge stop just moments ago to clinch win number five. Chargers are playoff eligible. We'll go around the area when we come back and tell you how everyone else is doing, this is the Light Rock 97.5 and News Gazette High School Football Game of the Week. Again, Centennial 7, Danville nothing, your final. At Prospect Bank, we look forward to partnering with you. When you partner with Prospect Bank, you will experience dedicated customer service paired with secure and convenient banking solutions. Because we are Prospect Bank, the Opportunity Bank. 
If you're looking to make an impact, there's no bigger place to start your journey than at the University of Illinois Army ROTC program. Whether your goal is to cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, Army ROTC can help you make your goals a reality, become a leader, and serve your country, all without sacrificing your college experience. Students who enroll in Army ROTC are eligible for merit-based scholarships, tuition waivers, plus a monthly stipend for personal expenses. Visit publish.illinois.edu to learn more about the University of Illinois Army ROTC. Welcome back to Tommy Stewart Field, where a pretty good, if a little soggy crowd has pretty well filed out about 15 minutes after the conclusion of Centennial's 7-0 win over Danville. Joey Wright in with you. Colin Likas, who I shared the call with tonight, is down on the field talking with Danville head coach Marcus Forrest at the 27-yard line off to our right between the hash marks and the numbers. Marcus Forrest, I think I see a little smile on his face, tough to tell from this vantage point. I've got to think, though, he's obviously going to be disappointed after a 7-0 loss in which his team had a chance to win it at the goal line with six seconds left. But his defense fought hard tonight, nearly kept Centennial off the board. A seven, uh, rather a five-yard touchdown run from Centennial's Brandon Harvey, the lone score for the Chargers. And I've got to think there are takeaways. Neither offense woke up tonight. I, I wouldn't expect that to be a trend as the season goes along especially with winnable games on tap for each side. I mentioned earlier that Centennial and Normal West in Week 9 might be the game of the year in the Big 12. A score update from that one. I believe it's in Normal. Uh, might be in Peoria. I think it's in Normal tonight is uh, that game. And they are, uh, per Randy Reinhardt at the Panagraph, in the third quarter, a lightning delay with 3.43 left, 13 uh, nothing Normal West. I kind of buried the lead there, but the Vikings, or rather the, uh, the Wildcats, uh, the, oh my goodness, we'll, we'll, we'll put that beside behind us. Normal West 13, Peoria Richwood scoreless, 3.43 third quarter. That's what you need to know from that one. A lightning delay there, a lot of weather on uh, that part of I-57. 74. My goodness, folks, I'm losing it. It was such a great game, and now we're going to unravel it here at the very end. Let's go around the area and see what's going on elsewhere. Muhammad Seymour, 55, Charleston, 14, into the third quarter there. St. Teresa, 30, at Clinton, scoreless. Halftime in that Central Illinois Conference battle. Tuscola, 13, at Central A&M, 0. 5.48 left in the fourth quarter there. Now to the Illini Prairie Conference. Unity beating Bloomington Central Catholic at Hicks Field. 41 to 14, 614 left in the fourth quarter there. We haven't heard from Chillicothe and Prairie Central and Fairbury tonight. Prairie Central may be the team to beat in the Illini Prairie Conference this year. We'll see how that game unfolds. Monticello 13, Pontiac nothing, second quarter in Monticello. Paxton Buckley Loda 65, Rantoul 6 in Paxton tonight. Josh Pritchard doing a Great job with that program. Couple of seasons under his belt, and Paxton is going to have something for Prairie Central down the stretch as well. Don't give it to the Hawks just yet. To the Lincoln Prairie Conference, 31-21 Cumberland over Arcola, 7.50 left in the fourth quarter. Sangamon Valley and Cerro Gordo Bements haven't heard anything from that quite yet. Arthur Lovington at Wood Hammond, 35, Tri-County scoreless at halftime. Villa Grove and Argena Oriana, again, haven't heard an update from that. Villa Grove 
probably the favorite on paper, but Ayo, uh, a pesky team. We'll see how that one plays out. Seneca 35 taking down Iroquois West in Gilman. 35 nothing. Bit of a surprise there. Iroquois West, a terrific team. Led by Cannon Leonard, Iowa football commit. Clifton Central, 34, leading Watsika, who is scoreless at halftime. Bismarck Henning Rossville, Alvin 14, Oakwood 14, or Bismarck Henning Rossville, Alvin 47, pardon me, Oakwood 14 into the third quarter there. Salt Fork beating Georgetown Ridge Farm, Crispin 47 zip in the fourth quarter. Hoopston area, Armstrong Potomac 20, Westville 14, that's at the half. Eureka beating Gibson City Melvin Sibley, non-conference game 28 nothing. Leroy and Fieldcrest, no update there. And St. Joseph Ogden, Spartans homecoming, they beat Nokomis 35 to nothing. And that's a look around the area. That'll about do it for our coverage of high school football on Light Rock 97.5 from the News Gazette. I'm Joey Wright for my broadcast partner, Colin Lankus, for Dave Leak, who's done a tremendous job in the studio tonight. Our chief engineer, Ed Bond, station manager, or rather uh, operations manager, Scott Beatty, general manager Grant Thompson at the News Gazette. Matt Daniels, our sports editor, and Joe Vizelli working very hard to put tomorrow's section out that will include a story from Colin Likas. I'm Joey Wright. 7-0 your final. Centennial takes down Danville in the Light Rock 97.5 and News Gazette High School Football Game of the Week. Wherever you're listening and however you found us tonight, thank you for listening and enjoy a great weekend. The Light Rock 97.5 and News Gazette High School Football Game of the Week has been brought to you by Prospect Bank, Serve Pro of Champaign-Urbana, and the University of Illinois Army ROTC. A podcast of tonight's game will soon be available at our website, newsgazette.com and whms.com. Your home for high school football and the Illini is Light Rock 97.5, WHMS, Champaign-Urbana, a Champaign Multimedia Group Station.